give the Lord a big hand clap. be seated. Have your Bibles. Turn over again to the book of Proverbs 28. You ought to have a dent there by now. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. We have been studying on faithful, <laughs> faithfulness, and we're going to really get to the root of it tonight. Uh, praise God. Faithfulness, verse, uh, Proverbs 28, verse 20. Let's read verse 20 together. Ready? Read. A faithful man shall abound with blessing, but he that maketh haste to be rich. That's important. Maketh haste to be rich. You know, you better be careful about every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes by and say they got a deal for you. That's what it means to haste to be rich. I mean... You'll be willing to do anything and not even check it out to make sure it's legal. Might not even check it out to make sure it's right. We've got to be careful about that stuff. You know, paying somebody to erase your credit, that's illegal in the state of Georgia. I hope you know that. It's illegal. So if you hooked up with somebody that says that they can erase your credit for a fee, it's already an illegal act. So you, you can't participate in that. Hello? Okay, that's what it means making haste to try to help God out, uh, becoming a Sarah and doing things because uh, you're looking at the end results, but, you know, we don't want to do it God's way. And you're not going to skip faithfulness and expect to get to places where you want to be. And I, I tell you, huh, I'm going to keep preaching until Jesus comes, but when are we going to get it? We're ta I'm talking about faithful. And for some people who've heard at least five of these messages have become less faithful than when I first started preaching it. When is the black people's and the white people's going to get this? You know, it's a test. And every opportunity you have to back off a commitment is an opportunity. Well, it ain't an opportunity. You just flunk the test of faithfulness. God's looking for somebody that's going to be reliable, trustworthy, dependable, faithful in that thing that he called them to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We've been talking about the enemies of faith, and we've been kind of sticking with, you know, the, the, you know, each subject that we deal with. Tonight, we're going to talk about laziness. That's all I'm going to talk about is laziness, and I'm going to be finished and I'm going home. We're going to talk about laziness. We're going to talk about laziness because I don't want to talk about it in a sense, you know, there's a difference between being lazy and just sorry. Can I be plain tonight? Amen. <laughs> Faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God. That's where, it's, that's where it is right there. That's where all the power connection is right there. It's your faithfulness demonstrated before God Almighty in this life of a Christian that you have committed to live. Can God, will you prove yourself faithful to God? And I often think, what is it going to be like on that day of judgment 
when God has the opportunity and we have the opportunity to see our faithfulness in that which God has called us to do. And faithfulness is not faithfulness until you've done what? Passed the test called faithfulness. There ain't no such thing as I used to be faithful, I want to be faithful, I know I need to be faithful. Faithfulness is not faithfulness until it passes the test called faithfulness and it continues to go on and on and on and on again. Now I tell you, we said last week faithfulness is one of the hardest things to get people to do. And I'm, I thank God for extending this series. I mean, we got about five, five, five more weeks of this faithful talking. And we're going to get all of the faithful stuff, all of the faithful people, and all of the faithfulness we can squeeze out of this. Then we'll turn around next year and do it again. Well, we already heard that. That ain't, ain't got nothing to do with it. Are you doing what you heard? We ain't accomplishing anything until we get it, get it happening, until, you know, the choir attendance picks up and the soul winning attendance picks up and church attendance picks up and prayer time picks up and all of those things that we're committed to do for God picks up. Faithfulness jerks the slack out of you and it refuses to allow you to stay the same. You have to make a change. But I don't know, maybe the other areas didn't get you, maybe tonight will. We're going to talk about laziness being one of the hindrances or the enemy to faithfulness. We talked about boredom being an enemy. We talked about pride being an enemy. We talked about the fear, fear and unbelief being an enemy. We talked about, I believe last Wednesday, the flesh being an enemy. On this past Friday, we talked about impatience versus patience. And we talked, showed you how impatience is an enemy. But what about this area of laziness? How is laziness an enemy to faithfulness? Well, I mean, you can see that obviously. If faithfulness is dealing with reliability and trustworthiness and dependability, if faithfulness says that you got to be doing what you were last given to do until further notice, if faithfulness says all of that, then obviously a guy that's lazy is not operating in the things that makes him faithful. Now, let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And uh, I know maybe some of you think, well, the Bible doesn't have much to say about laziness tonight, so we ought to be out of here real early. Oh, you're in for a surprise. You're in for a surprise. If it's one thing that stopped people from getting from God, it was laziness, just plain old laziness. We think that our mamas and daddies made that up. No, it's a Bible issue here that stopped a lot of things that God wanted to accomplish. Matthew chapter 25, uh, I need my amplifier. Anybody got an amplifier on that first row? All these years you've been carrying an amplified Bible and you picked the night to come out without an amplified Bible. Give me an amplified Bible somebody. Yeah, we go and get an amplified Bible here. Let's look at uh, Matthew 25. What'd I say? I didn't. Got to go all the way back up them steps to see what I did say. Boy, oh, y'all ain't going to help at all tonight, all right? Matthew 25. Oh, where? 25, 26, and 27. 25, 26, and 27. Out of the Amplified, he says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at the coming I should have received my own with usury. The Amplified says, But his master answered, You wicked and lazy 
an idle servant. Look what the master said about this guy. He said, you wicked, lazy, idle, wicked, lazy, wicked, lazy, wicked, lazy, and idle servant. Uh, did, you, did you indeed know that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered grain where I, was, I have not uh, uh, went out? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, uh, I, I would have received what was my own with interest. Now, this is so very important because here, uh, something I never noticed before. This is the story, of course, about the guys with the talents. And you remember that, uh, you know, the guy who received uh, the, the first two sets of talents, they were faithful in doing what they were supposed to do with those talents. And then you had the guy who got the one talent, and he went and he hid it in the earth. Now, somebody wants to make something spiritual out of this, let me show you what the Bible says. The Bible says the reason why this guy was not faithful in receiving the, or handling the money the way it needed to be handled, that it, the reason why he wasn't faithful in doing it is because, don't interrupt me while I'm teaching, man, if you're going to do that, you know, don't interrupt me while I'm interrupt the norm. I'm trying to impart folks in, don't y'all ever do that. You're going to come and put something in my life, put it in and get but don't, don't talk to me while you do that. I'm under the anointing of God. I got an assignment from God. Don't use that as an opportunity to ask me no question or give me no proposal or nothing like that. I jump down your throat, pull the devil out of you, and keep going. Don't do that. See, we take things that are special by God, and we mess it up like that. And I'm not going to let you do that now. I'll call an end to this thing completely, and it won't be, it won't be to your benefit if I have to do something like that. So we're going to do it. Let's do it right. Don't, don't do that. Now, I got to get crunk all over again because I'm, I'm finding my rhythm. And you have to be sensitive to that anointing on your man of God. Because you interrupt that rhythm, it'll interrupt everything. Every question you got in life will be answered if you'll let the Holy Ghost get me in the rhythm that I need to get into. Don't interrupt me like that no more. That grieves my spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, and I got to warn you, I'm on a new diet, so I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty straight foot. I'm on Adela's diet, which means you can't have no sugar, you can't eat no bread, you can't drink no juices, you just have to have water and lemon and can't eat no fruit, can't have no banana. All you can eat is a berry and, um, you know, stuff, a little strong stuff. So it's taking me another three days to get used to that diet that's going to make me happy one day. <laughs> I got so tired of seeing chicken breast yesterday. Everywhere I went, chicken breast. I'm dreaming about chicken breast, white meat. And then I found out that I could, I could have turkey. And I ate turkey with some pinto beans tonight. And there's some stuff that's a vegetable that you can make look like a piece of meat. It ain't meat, but it just fooled me, you know. <laughs> So, amen. Everybody understand what I'm saying? There. Where's that brother that came up here? Is that you? Huh? You're not offended, are you? You all right? You received it? You received it? You're a good man. All right? Just want to make sure you didn't get, get offended off that. Part of it grieved my spirit. The other part is I'm hungry. Okay? So, 
What was I talking about? Somebody help me get back on track here. All right, Matthew 25, the guy who had the one talent, the Bible identifies in verse 25, that talent is not tap dancing. It's money. He's talking about he had his Lord's money. Not talking about his singing talent. It's his money. Now, notice what he said the reason was why that guy hid the money. The reason was what? Wicked, lazy. Wicked, lazy. Now, what did he say about the other two? Thou good and... Good and what? Faithful. Thou have been faithful of a few. Now I'm going to make you over. But he called him what? Good and what? Faithful. Versus this other guy who didn't do anything. But he said at least you could have just put it in the bank so I can get interest off of it. And look what he called him. Look what he attributed to this guy's action. He said you are a wicked and lazy. And the Amplified says and idle. King James says a wicked and slothful. That lets me know that laziness could be somewhere related with wickedness. Oh, nobody wants to receive that. I'm going to have to teach on Matthew 25 tonight. That lets me know that somebody that will, 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 will walk and operate in laziness and slothfulness and being slothful about God's business. It's in the, see, when we think of wicked, we think of, you know, like the exorcist or something like that. Only thing you got to, you know, look at wicked. It, it comes from the, the word wickered. What's that related to? What, what, what do we know? With? Wickered furniture. What, what kind of furniture is that? Twisted furniture. It's twisted furniture. Well, truth that's twisted. Wickedness involves you operating in a twisted manner. A wicked manner. Operating in truth that has been twisted. It's wicked. And the Bible says when you lazy and slothful, it's in a category and in a relationship with wickedness because that's twisted. It's, it's faithfulness that's been twisted or made idle. That's all it is, to be lazy or to be slothful. Now tonight, we're going to have to, all of everyone that's in here tonight, we're going to have to figure out if you fall in line in that category. It's got to be either lazy or disobedience. And neither one of them are good. But we, we got to deal with it. Now, some of you might say, well, I know I'm lazy. Well, it ain't enough for you to sit there and say you know you're lazy. I know, I know I'm lazy. See, I got to get my sleep. Well, nobody will ever want to have anything to do with lazy. Because it's wicked and it's idle. And if you want to get an increase in your life, then you're going to have to defeat this slothful, slowful, sluggish, sluggard. Those are all the words the Bible uses to talk about laziness. You're going to have to get out of it. The Bible gives warning after warning about being lazy and slothful, slothful sluggards. And you're going to have to discipline your flesh and discipline yourself not to operate that way. Lazy people won't ever see increase. Because God will tell you what to do, but you'll be too lazy to do it. And then you become sorry. Sorry is when you got the answer and you know it'll work, but you don't do it anyway. That's sorry. That's sorry. Amen. I'm going to talk like a dad tonight now because I don't want no sorrow in children. Amen. Now, I, I figure the best approach to this is for us to define it and then for me to go through these scriptures and let you see it so you don't think I'm picking at you tonight, okay? 
I don't want to pick at you. I want to, I, want to, I want to see you get free by the word of God. Laziness, decline from action or exertion. <laughs> you decline the action. You decline the exertion. We learned Sunday that it's going to take some, some tremendous exertion to bring about these things we're believing God for. Tremendous action. To decline from the action. You know what? You can say to decline from obedience. Because that's what action is. You want to act only on the word of God. But if you decline to act and you, de you decline to exert and you become idle. Now let me show you how this I idleness works. It is when God tells you to do something and you figure the best thing to do is not to do nothing at all. That's lazy. That's idle. See, our thing of lazy, we for so long we've seen it as kicking back on the couch and you're not doing nothing. That's a form of laziness. But we've never seen laziness and, and slothfulness in this sense. It is in a sense of, I am not going to be obedient with the task that's at hand. That servant in Matthew 25 had been given an assignment, he didn't do it. His lack of, or his idleness, or his lack of action, or his lack of exertion was defined as lazy and slothful. Now, what is it that God has assigned and given you to do? What is it that God has said to you to do and you have, you have put it on idle? You have, you have said no exertion and no action in this. You decline to act towards the thing that God's told you to do. Because if you're going to ever get out of debt and if you're going to ever get the power of God in your life, you're going to have to eliminate the idleness you're going to have to el eliminate the declining of exertion. Honey, when God says move, move. Put that baby in driving. Go. And if you perish, let you just perish. You understand? But idleness, laziness, a declining uh, of the action, slothfulness, all of those things go hand in hand. It's not just laying on the couch and just being, you know, that is, that's, that's, that's about near sorry. But I'm talking about you know what to do. And you know that if you do the thing, it increases your life, it makes things better, and you decline the action. You know, uh, I know if I go look for a job, I can get one, but you decline the action. I know if I pray, I'll get better in my life, but you decline the action. I know if I'll give, then God will give back to me, but you decline the action. It's not a matter of, well, I, I, I don't really believe this. You believe it, but now your, your declining of the action says, I don't believe it. Even though inwardly you have some conviction about it, when you decline the action, you become a wicked, disobedient, slothful servant. I tell you what, man, the things that, that we've overlooked in this area, in my study, just lets me know I don't have to lay around on the couch to be called lazy. In fact, I can be pretty mobile and be doing all the wrong things and still be lazy because I declined the action that I was supposed to take per God. Does everybody understand what, what, where I'm coming from with this lazy? So we're talking more than just chilling. <laughs> we're talking about not doing and carrying out what God's called us to carry out. I want you to take note of these scriptures. It's going to really bless you tonight. Really think, really think, because hopefully tonight I want this message to bring you to a point of evaluating the areas of idleness in your life. The areas where you have declined to act. You know, God has spoken to some of you to do some specific things. And you decline to act. 
Now, I wonder what that has done to the other side, where the life that was supposed to be blessed by your action, that's slothful. That's something the Bible says, don't be, don't be slothful. But we figured that had nothing to do with being lazy, that had nothing to do with being slothful. We figured as long as we wasn't laying around all day asleep. You understand what I'm saying? Well, that's the only, that's, that's where we related that word. But honey, where in your life have you declined to act? Where in your life where there's been a decline of exertion? Where in your life have you become idle and you've put God on hold? Laziness now would be the reason that you've had no increase and no promotion. And we've got to change that and we can do it by the word of God. So let's go to some places here. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 19, and let's examine this word laziness. Let's look at it in its other form, slothfulness. Slothful. Proverbs 18, verse 9. He also that is slothful. In his work is brother to him that is a great waster. <laughs> I, I got to looking at these scriptures, and the more I look at them, I knew that I had to deal with more than just laying on the couch all day. They had to deal with more than just standing in the bed all day. That ain't always lazy standing in the bed all day. That might be necessary. Depending on what you're doing. You understand what I'm saying? He is brother to him that's a great waster. I mean, I tell you, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that's known as a great waster. So what is it that, that's being wasted in the life of a lazy person? There's something that is the relationship between the great waster and the slothful, lazy person. He's wasting valuable time where he could be operating in principles and operating in obedience that will increase his life and change it forever. Come on, let's go to the next scripture. Got a lot of them to share with you. Proverbs 19, 24, right next door. Proverbs 19, 24. Look what he says in verse 24. A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Uh-uh, 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 go to Proverbs 26, 15. Proverbs 26, 15. Verse 15, the slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. That boy gonna starve. Now that's close to being sorry. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That got too lazy to bring it again to his mouth. He's, a, he's some kin and has relationship to the great waster. Folks, this is letting me know that to live a slothful life is going to put you in a position where you're going to be wasting a lot of things that God wants you to take advantage of. Wasted opportunities. Wasted opportunities to sow and wasted opportunities to grow and wasted opportunities to get blessed and wasted opportunities to prosper. I wonder how many people have wasted an opportunity to get the word tonight because they were too lazy to come to Bible study. Well, wait a minute.
minute. Now, uh, 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 no, uh, uh, nothing. The Bible, we made it very clear. The Bible said to assemble yourselves together. This is our service to the Lord. Tide ain't got nothing to do with it. The idleness is dealing with your response to God's command. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It's, your, it's more than you, I'm tired. It's more than a physical thing. It's more than a physical thing. Well, I'm tired, so I need to rest. It's more than a physical thing. It is a refusal or to decline to act when God has spoken. Decline to act when God has instructed. Decline to act when God has given directions. Decline to act when God has given his word. That's lazy. That's slowful. And slothfulness and laziness will always judge you. Now, so before we're quick to look at people and say, I ain't lazy, let's think again. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Let's think again. What is it that God has told you and instructed you to do? And you're still sitting in the garage on neutral, trying to be safe. And in God's system, Somebody says, well, I'm just not going to do nothing. If I don't do nothing, then it won't want nothing to happen. No, in God's system, for you not to do nothing, you've done something. In God's system, for you not to decide, you have decided. In God's system. See, we think we're getting away with it. We want to play this little game with God that we play with the rest of the world. Well, I'll just remain neutral. There is no neutral in God. Either you're growing in the Lord or you're backsliding. And if you're not growing, you backslide. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Ain't no neutral in God. Bible says either be hot or cold. But he says if you look warm, I will spew you out of my mouth. You know what that means? You make me vomit. There's no neutral in God. And I think sometimes Christians are, are, are trying so hard to find the neutral. And there's no neutral. You are either for him or you are against him. You know, there's no neutral in obedience. There's no neutral in obedience. Partial obedience, disobedience. Delayed obedience, disobedience. And it's all being caused and motivated by a spirit of laziness and a spirit of slothfulness declining to exert the necessary actions to fulfill the purpose, plan, and will of God for your life. I thought this was a great revelation. I never saw slothfulness like this. I never even, even thought about looking at laziness like this. And then there were some areas in my life where I had to confess, Lord, I'm lazy. I said, get me out of this. You know, well, the only way for me to get out of this is I got to exert action. I have to no longer decline to do what may even scare me, but God said to do it. There are some things that God has spoken to some of you, and instead of faith rising, fear came. Fear is designed to cause you to decline in your action. It calls you to say, no, I am not going to step out and exert what I need to exert so I can fulfill the will of God in my life. That's one of the parts the spirit of fear plays. Never can tell what would have happened if you'd have just exerted some action and refused to be lazy and slothful when God said to move. Honey, there's something about obedience when God say obey. I'd rather obey and miss it than to sit back and wonder what would have happened. I don't like that what, wonder what would have happened thing. I'd rather obey and miss God completely trying to do what I believe he wanted me to do than to sit back in fear of what I believe God told me to do. I, I told the Lord a while back, I said, Lord, if I ain't doing nothing but missing it when you come back, at least I'll be doing something for the Lord. 
But I tell you, the worst thing you can do is not move. The worst thing you can do is be, I, I admire a man who just, who will mess up everything, <laughs> trying to do right. Then the old guy who's sitting there judging. Well, look at him. Oh, look at that. I wouldn't have did that. Like some of you did with that brother. That brother just actually did that early. He came and did what he believed God wanted him to do, period. You understand? Now he got some more, some more understanding about some stuff. But then the rest of y'all let fear come in. So now you're confused about your obedience. <laughs> you're confused about your obedience. You just said, well, I ain't doing nothing. Even if the Lord tell me, see, you done got all offline. He hungry tonight. I ain't messing with him tonight. See, you, you understand what I'm saying? You got, you got to be so careful about those extremes. The extreme right and the extreme left and not finding, not what the Bible calls neutral, he calls it balance. Because, yeah, that's what he said. False balance is an abomination to God. It's disgusting to God. And now follow me carefully, folks. This is so vital message. And I, I never, I've never even taught this thing like I, like I taught it here. Now, go to Proverbs 21. Got to look at all these scriptures now. Proverbs 21. <laughs> you just got delivered from fear, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> Verse 25. Read verse 25 out loud with me. Ready? Read. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands So why does it kill him? It's, his, he's refusing something. He's refusing an action here, right? He got a desire. But as long as he refuses the action, will he ever get what he desires? Oh, I meet people all the time with these wonderful and great desires. Oh, I desire to be the greatest one in ministry. But you have a refusal to pray. And refusal to do all the actions that produce those successful things in life. He calls that, folks, a slothful, slofer, sluggish, lazy person. And this thing is becoming more, again, than laying on the couch and going to sleep all day. It seems to me like an anti-Christ spirit that's designed to stop faithfulness and reliability and dependability in your life. Now, this is really, this is really, this is really the attack. This is really the attack that uh, the devil's trying to get against faithfulness. And you can see it here. God, in faithfulness, says, look here. Can I rely on you? Can I trust you? Can I depend on you? Laziness and slowfulness and slothfulness, you know what it says? It says you're not dependable. Because we don't know if you're going to exert action on this one. We don't know if you're going to decide to do this. Now, you might do this one, but you might not do this one. So we really can't depend on you because, you know, you haven't made the decision that I'm just going to be faithful to God. It just depends on what the circumstance is. And until you can break through that barrier, honey, God's not too sure if he's going to be able to use you because he don't know when you're going to decide to be slothful, slothful, lazy, undependable, unreliable, 
and not faithful. He's looking for faithful people. These are people who say, Lord, you speak and I will obey. Oh, God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's, you know, what good is it to do something faithfully but not be faithful to God? That, did that make sense? To do something faithfully. You know, you can do the wrong thing faithfully. And, you know, doing the wrong thing faithfully can also produce something that's not faithful to God. You know, you can sin faithfully and not be faithful to God even though you're doing something that is faithful. What God wants is faithfulness towards Him. Well, how can I be faithfulness towards Him? Can He trust me? Can He rely on me? Can He depend on me against every hell that may come my way, every fear that may come my way, and every demon that may come my way? Can God trust me? And laziness is the attack against that, that faithfulness and reliability. Come on, let's go to some more scripture here. I don't want to run out of time. Proverbs 24, 30. Proverbs 24, 30. I went by the field of the slothful, slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and needles had covered the, the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instructions, and yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, that traveleth and, they, and thy want as an armed man. Oh, here's what a guy said. Look at this. Check this out. I want, I'm going to say something that's going to be strong. It's going to be strong, but it's going to help you out. He said, I went by the field. The field of this lazy, slothful guy. I went by his field. And I went by his vineyard. You know, Jesus said, judge the tree by the fruit that it bears. I don't care what you say. He says, judge the tree by the field and the fruit. And I watch this now. I went by the vineyard of the man, and, it, and the, the man void of understanding. And lo, check out what he saw. It was all grown over with thorns and needles and covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. He said, then I saw. He said, as I saw it, I considered it well. And, and I looked upon it, and, and I received instruction. And then here's what he came up with. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Now, that, that sounds like Neil Sorry, don't it? Notice what he said, what happens. Notice what happens as a result of the little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. He says, so shall thy poverty, and poverty is a spirit. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want will come as an armed man. And here's what he says here. He said, I can tell, I can tell what you are by looking at the results of what you have. I can tell what you are by checking the fruit of your tree out and the fruit of your ground. Folks, I want you to hear me something. You can talk religious, act religious, lift your hands up religious. You can dance, you can jump, you can give me money, you can put money on the steps. 
but the real truth going to come, listen, is when we bear and look at the fruit that you're bearing in your life. There's a difference between religion and living this thing right. What's going on in your life? You're still miserable, depressed, worried, full of care? What's going on in your life? Oh, what's going on in your life? Oh, no, oh, I'll consider it now. A little sleep, a little folding of the hands to sleep, still not obeying God, still refusing to act. I know God's real. I know he told you something. I know he's giving you some direction, still refusing to do what he telling you to do. Still looking to Minister Haynes to give you the answers instead of you getting on your face and get your own answers. Still looking for somebody to bail you out instead of going and trying to figure out what God's trying to say to you. Still doing the same old religion and you've yet to develop a relationship. Same old thing. We got to grow up. I don't want to put my life in the hands of a slothful, lazy individual. I want to put my life in the hands of the man, the man Christ Jesus. We got to examine ourselves. The night is a night of judgment. No, not by God, folks. It's better for you to judge yourself first so you won't be judged by God. And I hope this message provokes you to look at all of the areas where you continue to stay idle. You know how important prayer is, and you, 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 you still ain't praying. You know how important tithing is, and you still ain't tithing. You know how important church attendance is, and you're still not attending like you're supposed to properly. You know how important it is for you not to hang around folks with bad manners and filthy communication. You know it corrupts you. You know how important it is for you not to gossip and dog somebody else out because the same thing you're sowing going to come back on you. You know how important it is to read your word and to listen to the tapes and to guard your ears. You know this. You know this. But when you continue to refuse action in these areas, the same thing, the same thing that Jesus said to that servant in Matthew 25, he said, thou wicked and slothful servant. You know the story. He cast him into out of darkness where there was gnashing of teeth. Where did he cast him? The boy was cast in hell. Do you know something? And, and I don't know, maybe I need to teach you here on the unpardonable sin. I asked God, I said, can there be a such thing as an unpardonable sin? And studied it out. And I've, I've, I've got several teachings on the unpardonable sin. Grieving the Holy Spirit and unpardonable sin, two different things. First of all, the unpardonable sin, check it out, you have to qualify for it. You can't be no immature new Christian and say something or do something stupid and qualify. You have to qualify. You have to have, you have to have seen all the gifts of the Spirit operate. You've got to have all, you know, the anointings operating in your life. You've got to be a mature Christian and, and really know God. And then to turn around and, and, and to trot on the blood of Jesus and say that it's worthless and it's no good. And that you refuse all that you know for a fact. Then that's the unpardonable sin. Why is it an unpardonable sin? It is not because God's unwillingness to forgive you, but it is your refusal, your refusal to exert the action and the necessary response to the grace of God that was provided and the blood of Jesus that was provided for your life. This thing called laziness and slowfulness, as I have studied it, is more vital and more important than I have never seen anything like this before. I mean, I knew about lazy. I knew the Bible said don't be slow and all that other stuff. But the impact that it's having on my life right now is 
that every time I refuse God and I don't give him the action that's necessary to carry out that word that he gave me, then I'm guilty of slowfulness. I'm guilty of laziness and I am a participant of wickedness. That's strong. That's strong word. But man, I thank God for strong words sort of jerk the slack out of us. So whoever gonna go on the other side, you're gonna pull your loins up like a man and tighten your belt up and say, all right, we gotta get better. And that's what this message is designed to do tonight. You gotta walk out here and say, we gotta get better. We gotta get better. We cannot be, some of you gotten comfortable where you are. You know, gotten a few revelations and gotten a few blessings and, and you've forgotten that ain't even what you were believing God for. Oh, you got a little $20 blessing and you didn't stop when you were believing for $20,000, you see? You know, I'm telling you, man, we've got to go to the next mountain. We've been on this mountain too long. You know, there are levels in life. And some of you have been on, stuck on this same level for the last three or four years. And all I'm trying to do is, is shake you up a little bit. Shake you up a little bit so you get so fed up, so tired of being sick and tired. And do whatever you got to do to get off of this same old level and go on and do what God wants you. And it's in this area of laziness. A refusal. To give action to the directions that God's given you to do. It's in, it's in this particular area. This particular area is the area that stops most Christians because they don't think that it's them that needs to examine themselves on this. And that's deception. That's, in fact, the worst kind of deception in the world is self-deception. That's when you think you're right, but you're wrong, but you think you're right. And if you sit up here tonight and say, well, I'm not lazy. I found several areas of laziness in my own life once I found this revelation. And I, I don't think there's anybody in here that can say, well, I ain't lazy in no area. We could probably find one tonight. Wake up, I'm trying to talk to y'all about being lazy. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. This is not the night or the sermon to fall asleep on. This is not the night or the sermon to fall asleep on. You hear what I'm saying? Folks, what, what I'm trying to challenge you to do, I'm trying to challenge you to get better. I'm trying to challenge you to come to the next level. I'm trying to challenge you to judge every area, every corner of your life to try to get better. That is, if you want to get better. Now, if you don't want to get better... You're in the wrong place. You're wasting your time. You're not wasting mine, but you're wasting your time. Because you can't help nobody who don't want to be helped. If you just came here looking for a handout, you know, somebody told you we're a rich church, and we are. Amen. Nobody's going to argue with you about that. We're all loaded, just loaded. Go any, meeny, miny, more, all of us loaded. It's just loaded. But if you came looking for a handout, baby, it, it, it ain't going to work that way. You got to believe God for yourself. So you can get a handout today and be right back in where you started off tomorrow because of laziness. Some key into the waste. Come on, let's go to uh, Romans 12. Romans 12. Wow, 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 wow. Heavy stuff. Heavy, 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 heavy. People don't like to hear this kind of message because they don't talk about it. They just talk about you, that's all. You know, they ain't talking about Shad, Rat, Meshach. It ain't talking about the other person. It's everybody, got to, everybody got to deal with yourself. You can't deal with Josephine who didn't come tonight. No, you got to deal with you. So you got some areas of laziness in your own life you got to do. Let's just think about, wonder what would have happened that day if you would have put some action with what God told you to do. 
I know a man who had cancer. God told him exactly what to do to get healed. He didn't do it. He died the next couple of weeks. Wonder what would happen. Wonder what you stopped up. I know the guy who put the talent away. We, we saw what he stopped up. We saw how the other people were getting blessed. But see, he didn't, he didn't know anything would happen, so he stuck it in a hole somewhere and didn't know what he was blocking up. And he said, hey, I ain't doing nothing wrong. I'm, I don't know what to do with it, so I might as well just find neutral, put it in the ground, and the Lord can't be that mad. And the Lord came back and checked out his stuff, and he said, dog, at least you could have did. With your idle, lazy self, at least you could have did is dropped it off at the bank. You could have went through the drive through one and not even had to get out your car. God said, pray. Somebody said, I didn't want to pray. He said, at least you could have did was roll over. <laughs> roll over and say, shaka zulu, shaka doodoo, shaka lulu, zaka voodoo, something. You could have said, at least. And I'd have got two or three syllables and they were able to do something. At least you could have did something. I don't want to get to heaven. And, and hear God say to me, at least you could have did that. I don't want to hear God. I don't want to hear God. Now, that's what I was talking to my wife about. I was, I was talking about the, the difference, you know, how the world tries to go for the gusto and they'll take the risk because they're they, 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 they missing out on the law. Faithful of a few. Faithful of a little. First. Then I make you rule over much. God is faithful to that principle. And anybody that tries to pass that principle and pass by that principle, you can forget it. Because I told you before, if you're not faithful, you're stuck. And it's so important to learn the importance of what can I do now. I need some money. You know, a lot of y'all don't need money to do certain things. Certain things you can do right now. You know, before we had the $16 million to build this stone, it didn't cost a dime to have a ceremony and dig a hole. Dug a hole. Why do we dig a hole? God said dig a hole. All right, I can either be lazy and say I ain't digging a hole, look like no fool. See, selfishness will cause you to enter into laziness. Fear will cause you to enter into laziness. I ain't going to dig no hole. Folks going to think about me if I go out there and dig a hole, talking about we're going to build a big dome debt free. What are they going to think? They're crazy. But wait a minute, I'm faithful to God. Let's dig that hole. I mean, what can you do now? I want a house. At least you could do is go get one of them little magazines and start looking at them. You understand what at least you could do is go out on Sundays and, and walk through them and breathe in them. You don't need no money right now. At least you can. There are some things you can do at least. Well, I want a job making more money. At least you could do is put some applications in in the area. At least you can do is make a resume. At least. At least you can. At least. We're wanting the much and we won't do the at least. And you wonder why God won't bring the much because you ain't did the at least. And laziness is the thing that blocks you up. The idleness or the failure to exert the necessary action. Oh, this is so heavy. I got five minutes to get in the next four scriptures. It's heavy. Check this out now. Watch this. Are you there, Romans 12? 11. Look at 11 real quick. Not what he's talking about. 
the body of Christ and the members of the body of Christ, and he gives a long list of the things that you should do and you should not do. In verse 11 it says, don't be slothful in what? Business. Don't be lazy or idle in business. But then, folks, one of the most powerful scriptures concerning this subject, we see in Hebrews chapter 6 and 12. Flip over there. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Look at this. Look at verse 11. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work, to forget your what? And your what? Which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto, uh, unto the end. That you be not... That you be not slothful, lazy, slowful, sluggish, but be what? Of them who through what? Faith and patience inherited what? But what can stop you from inheriting the promises of God? Good Lord, look at there. Look at there. Look at there. He says, through faith and patience. Faith is acting out on the word. Patience is keep on acting until you get it. And here right there, he said, don't be slowful. He said, don't do it. Don't be inactive. Don't fail to give the necessary exertion. Don't decline in your action. It'll stop you from inheriting the promises. I tell you what, folks, that's what my whole life is about, getting a hold of the promises of God. I'm not about to let laziness and slothfulness and idleness stop me from getting a hold of the promises of God. Where is it in your life where you've been lazy? Where is it in your life where you've been slothful? Where is it in your life where you've been idle? Wow. Sometimes you've got to put your flesh under. The Apostle Paul talked about that. I put myself under. I put myself under. I mean, I'm not doing what I do to my body right now. It's because, you know, all kinds of weight. It's, 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 it's time to put your flesh under. There's some things you need to get under. Some things you need to take authority over. Some things you need, to, you need to say to your flesh, wait a minute. You're not going to be lazy here in this area right here. You obviously need a little bit more discipline <laughs> in your spirit, in your soul, and in your physical body. This is a serious thing. And we've got to take it that way. And we've got to judge ourselves in such a way where the power of God can come into our lives and overcome our lives because we refuse. We refuse to operate in disobedience. And that's what it comes down to, is disobedience. That's, that's really the bottom line with laziness. It's disobedience and unfaithfulness to the things of God. Come on over here to Proverbs 19 and 15, very quickly. Proverbs 19 and 15. Proverbs 19 and 15. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 15. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Read. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep and an idle soul. Look at it. I want y'all to meditate on these scriptures, man. Meditate on these scriptures. Because first of all, before that scripture, it talks about verse 14. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. But then it talks about slothfulness casteth into the deep sleep and an idle. Look at that. What do you think about when something casts into a deep sleep? It's idle. Ain't nothing moving. Ain't nothing happening. It's being cast into a deep sleep. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18, right at the Proverbs. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. Basically the same thing there. In verse 18, he says, By much lawfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. I mean, can y'all see what's going on? Nobody's doing nothing. Nobody's putting any action to it. So what do we have? We have decay. I wonder, I wonder how many visions in here are in the process of decaying. Because you're scared. I mean, the word of the Lord is coming to you. The word of the Lord has come to you. And God has spoken to you in your own private time. And you don't need to talk to me, Minister Haynes, Marvin Jones, uh, Al, Al Slater. You don't need to talk to none of us. If the Lord has talked to you, now there'll be times you need to come from firm things and all that kind of stuff. I'm not what I'm talking about. I'm not matter how many visions have decayed. How many assignments that God's given out has decayed. What is it that God said to you two years ago? And you can remember when you heard it. It sent chills down your spine. And right now, it's decayed to such a point that it moved from being a mighty message to a mausoleum. And now it's nothing but a memorial. You talk about what God said back then instead of in the process of doing what he said back then. Faithfulness. That just hurts my heart to know that there are decaying visions all over the body of Christ and the houses that could have been built. But because of neglect and sloppiness, they're just dropping through and dropping through. And God's having to wait till somebody else is born in the earth to carry. That's why a lot of kids in the last days are going to be doing mighty things that their mom and daddy were told to do. But God will tell the kids to do it because they ain't got no more sense than just to do what the Lord told them to do. I mean, I love my kids, but they ain't taking my crown. I'm going to do whatever the Lord tells me to do, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it even, I, even, even sometimes seeing it seem like I'm foolish doing it. I'm going to do what I got to do. I was in the mall one day, and there was a homeless guy walking around, and I won't do nothing to worry with the Lord. The Lord said, don't you pass him. He said, I want you to go back, and I want you to preach to him. I said, we don't even preach to him. I want you to impart the anointing of prosperity on him. I want you to give him $100. He said, all right. Went over there, and it happened to be in the food court. You didn't, you know, everybody in the food court. I start preaching to that guy. And when it's time to pray, the Lord said, I want you to lay your hands on him like you do in church. I said, but if he falls out, he said, don't you worry about that. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost in that place. And I put my hands on him. I said, sir, and the word of prophecy came, and I announced some things over his life. I said, I'm getting ready to impart the anointing of prosperity on you. And I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, you're going to leave this place now. And if you'll leave this place now, and I gave him instructions, and if you'll do these things by the end of the week, you'll have a job. The only thing that can stop what I said from coming to pass is his idleness and laziness. Where did the Lord come? But it decayed. I'm not going to let what God's given me decay because a few folks got a problem with money. What about you? It's time for you to get something and scrape the rust off. It's time for you to get something and refresh that thing God said to you. But, 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 what if I, but what if I miss it? Miss it by faith. You hear what I'm saying? This goes from teenagers all the way up. What has God told you to do? You're still sitting there trying to figure something out. He's made very plain. Proverbs 6, 9. 
I don't know what this message is doing tonight. I don't know if it's blessing you, saving you, or putting you to sleep. All I know is God told me to preach it. Verse 9, Proverbs chapter 6. How long will thy sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? How long? How long will you remain idle? Proverbs 13, 4. One more. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. He said, pick. You're going to be diligent or you're going to be sluggard. You choose. The diligent guy says, I'm going to be steady and I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to be steady as you go and consistent until I achieve the goal at hand. The slugger says, I refuse to exert any action. I decline action. And here's what he said about the slugger. He hath nothing. He desires everything, but he ain't got nothing. Oh, what is that some of you? You desire everything, you ain't got nothing. Oh, you desire to be out of debt, and all your needs to be met. You desire your husband, you desire all this. You're desiring everything, but you have nothing. I think you need to back up and see where you've declined to act. Because you can act in a lot of areas, but it wasn't the area God told you to act in. It wasn't the area the Word said to act in. The steward was given an assignment. He must be found faithful. Then the Lord of those stewards showed up. To give them, they had to give an account of their stewardship. And see, God's requiring you to be faithful where he's concerned. You can be faithful everywhere else, but if you ain't faithful towards him, honey, you are not going to give good stewardship of what he told you to do. Because you're walking around with fear in you. Fear didn't come from God. Scared of what somebody's going to say about you or think about you for trying to do what the Lord told you to do. You're going to never know until you do it. Some of you are going to find your, find your call in life stumbling out of trying to do what you thought God told you to do. Trying to get it right. God honors that. Because at least you ain't sitting there. He talks about the walk of faith. You got to be moving. You got to be doing something. You can't be sitting there waiting. Too many of us are waiting the wrong way. Well, the Bible says wait on the Lord. That wait don't mean cop a squat, have a coke and a smile, and wait to see if Jesus is going to knock on your door. That wait means to serve the Lord, to minister to the Lord. And as you're ministering and serving God, he will find you the steps that you ought to be walking in. Some of you got ministries for every problem, for every problem that's in our city. There's a ministry gift sitting right here that's scared. Fear of failure. Fear of just stepping out. All ministry comes from helping somebody. No ministry comes when it just benefits yourself. Because ministry is not about self. Ministry is about someone else. Oh, I feel like that in here tonight, boy, I tell you. 
till I'm just sitting here shutting their mouth up, listening, wondering when I'm going to shut up or if I'm going to shut up. This is the best message I've preached all year. You know why? Because you're quiet. <laughs> you're thinking. You've got to be thinking about what I'm saying. you got to be. you got to be looking over your life. you got to be listening all And I'm believing by the Holy Ghost. He's freshening the instructions of the past. I declare you have crystal clear hearing. Ministries don't always have to have an office or a pulpit to be a ministry. It might be your part on the soul winning team. It might be what God told you to do with Project Change. It might be what God told you to do with that ministry or with that ministry. It doesn't always mean you got to go and get a title and a name and a collar. It might be some simple five-minute stuff he wants you to do on your job every day. You know what a minister is by definition? Servant of who? God. A servant of the Most High God. But if you're to be a servant of the Most High God, you've got to remember that you can't be serving yourself more than you serve God. Or you're not in ministry. You're in self. Proverbs 26, last scripture. Well, if you think that's something, you ought to wait to see what we're going to talk about on Friday. Proverbs 26, 16. Last scripture. The sluggard. Oh, this thing got me. This thing got me. It, it said two things to me. Because everybody's trying to figure out reasons and excuses why you are, <laughs> why you are where you, give her a cookie, why you are where you are. We always like to do that. We have to try to come up with something to justify where we are to make us feel better. Well, Pastor, what you don't understand is this or that was happening. We're always coming up with something to try to make it all right that we didn't do what we knew we should have did when God told us to do it. That's the human side of us. Look at here. Start at verse 15. Verse uh, 16. Verse 14. Verse 13. Oh, verse 12. I like verse 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way, and a lion is in the streets. <laughs> As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. He rather holler out, tell you, instead of get up and move out the way. Boy gonna get ate up. The slothful hideth his hands in his bosoms. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. Ooh. Oh, boy, I saw that. All of the reasons in the world still won't justify your laziness. 
And the first thing, did you notice the first thing in Matthew 25? When the Lord showed up to give an account of it, do you know the first thing that guy came up with? A reason. A reason why he hid it in the hole. Lord, I, I knew you were, you know, you did this and you did that. Folks, let me tell you something. There is no reason that is ever going to be justified for not exerting the action necessary to carry out what God told you to carry out. I'm not going to be able to go to heaven and say, Lord, the reason why, reason why I didn't start that church you told me to start. You know, uh, you know, people were mean during that time. Lord, you got to understand. It wasn't like, you know, when, when Caesar Augustus was alive, you know, folks would cut you, Lord. And I didn't, you know, I, you know, all these reasons. And do you realize what happened even after in Matthew 25, even after the guy gave a reason for not doing what he's supposed to do with the talent? Do you realize what happened? It still did not stop his entrance into hell. Why is irrelevant? You better judge yourself. I mean, you think about this. God has given you instructions for your life, caused you to be born for a purpose. And so you're going to get to heaven with your reasons why you didn't do it. Well, the Lord, I couldn't do that because, you know, the, the, the you know, uh, IBM was offering me $80,000 a year and I had to take that job, Lord. And I know you told me to stay in Cottage Park and to be able to soul winning team, but, Lord, I had to do what I need to do. I mean, can you see? Can you see what God going to do? He sit up there at his throne while you're giving reasons. You're wasting your time. You're a cousin to the waste. Oh, I know. He said. This was your function. This was your purpose. You wasted your time. You did everything else. That's why it's so important to be free from people. People will cause you to miss your destiny. You'll be on the way to the right place, and people will cause you to miss where you're supposed to end up. People. I mean, this is I'm not talking about the people that hate you. I'm talking about people that love you. I'm not Christian folks. I'm not saved folks. Saved folks who think they heard from the Lord. Saved people. And you all the time, you in bondage. You know, something I thought I was getting real cold. I mean, I didn't care what nobody thought about me. I thought I lost something. I ain't even human no more. You know what's going on? But I had to get like that in order to stick with my son. I got a call. I got a charge. I got a, I got a key. And I can't, I can't let what the, what, the, what, the, what the newspapers say, I can't let what, what, the, what the other church saying, I can't say, let what that preacher organization saying, or what that preacher, I can't let that. So I can't hear none of that stuff, because I am human. So I can't hear that stuff. So I, I block it. I don't meet with everybody that want to meet with me. Because I got to guard myself so I can stay on task. Because if I start hearing what everybody got to say about Creflo Dollar, then that's going to cause me to be lazy about what God telling me to do. Well, maybe I don't want to do that, you know. I, I maybe, maybe I need to start preaching a little bit more on, oh, you know, prayer. Because, oh, God, I can't preach on that in finances. They're talking about me. No, God told me to. That's why I named you Dollar Boy. I mocked you to teach on prosperity. I can't stop. But I had the first thing I had to do was get free from people. Oh, it hurt. Oh, it hurt. It was so, it hurt so bad. Oh, they hurt your heart and you go through that. And, oh, you're hurting. Oh, I feel bad. And I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did that about me. And they said they love me. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And then you're getting up, you're trying to obey God, and you can't because you got in your head what everybody said about you. The Bible says you've got to make a choice. In the book of Galatians, either you serve God or you serve man. He said, but if you serve man, you cannot be a servant to God. Make your choice. Men pleasers or God pleasers. I'm on my way to heaven. If you want to join me, you better get on board. I ain't going to stop for nothing. And that means several hundred of us must be delivered from people. And you need to judge yourself for that. You need to find out where it's important and where it's not important. You can be all right with everybody you know. But if you're not all right with God, you are not all right. Period. Well, Janice, we're going to heaven. Now, time to go home. Stand up. I want you to lift your hands up. Don't even clap. Lift your hands up. I want to pray with you right now for victory in this area. Lord, you've revealed some things to us tonight by your Spirit. We take hold of it now. And we lay hold of this in judgment of ourselves. Not of any other man, but of ourselves. I ask and I pray, Lord, for you to get rid of all of the decay. Renew within us a right spirit. Oh, and never, 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 never. Of course, you said so, but Lord, never take your spirit away from us. Don't let, don't let him back up that one step. Don't let him get quiet, not one word. But come on us, afresh and anew. Hallelujah. <laughs> let your spirit come on us, afresh and anew. I ask this now. Speak, and we will obey. Lead and guide us, and we'll follow. Make us obedient people. And in our obedience, we will possess, possess your promises. Oh, Spirit of God, we do give you glory. We do give you praise. It has not been our intent, and you know it, to, to, to decline the action or the exertion to do what you've commanded us to do, both written and spoken. But Lord, just we shine the light on it just a little brighter tonight so that no small fox, no fox at all, will ever stop us from gaining that which belongs to us. We do give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. It's time for some of you to step out and then step up. Step out and step up.